highest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Well, we're back here at the Slammys, and uh, we're ready for our next award. This particular Slammy is for the Manager of the Year. The man who in the past year has shown us that he has enhanced the career of the man that he has managed the best. A man who has shown us ring savvy, who has shown us professionalism, dedication, and uh, good sportsmanship. Nominees for the manager of the year are number one, the doctor of style, the slickster. Who, who told you to get out of your seat? I'm just reading the names here, Slick. Who? Get up. I told myself to get up because I'm the best. Get away from me. I didn't tell him to leave his seat. I'm just announcing who the nominees are. Number two. The Colonel, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. You're not supposed to be coming up here, Jimmy. Save your breath, baby, because I've got this one, Daddy. Folks, there, there's only one of these, guys. Number three, the devious one, Mr. Fuji. Justin, I, I haven't announced the winner yet, Fu. I have a win. Okay, what's back? And last and certainly least, Bobby the Brain Heenan. There he is. And the winner is. Oh, I love it. This is great. You're gonna love this. You guys are going to hate this. Yeah, you folks are really going to love this. The winner is none of the above. Absolutely none of the above. Now, welcome to episode number 24 of the 24-inch podcast, and it's a special one because it's the one-year anniversary of the 24-inch podcast. That's right. We've been doing this show for one year. We started back in December of 2020. It's December of 2021 now, and for the whole year, the podcast has had this constant, Steve Bennett in Buffalo. My main man, Hollywood Dave Rollins, out in New Jersey. What's up, Dave? How you doing tonight? 
I'm doing okay, my brother. I'm very, very happy to be here with you celebrating our one-year anniversary. Because Playing Hurt. Dave Rollins. Playing Hurt. Yeah, playing Hurt tonight, brother. Hollywood Dave Rollins was down and out yesterday. Woke up in the morning with a cough as bad as Bobby Bocleary Sr. from The Sopranos. Goddamn steps. <laughs> there it goes right now. Excuse me. But yeah, it was scary. You know, with all that's going on in the world, I'm not the most biggest frightened of COVID, but it all sits in our mind, in our heads. That's the first thing I thought. Oh, God, who was I around? I was around my parents last night. I was around, Did I make this one sick? Did I make that? Like, oh, no, nerves, anxiety through the roof. Went, got tested. Thank God, negative. So that's all that worrying goes away. Uh, but, you know, but still, I still could pass along an upper respiratory infection to them, too. So that's, that's a worry as well. But, uh, yeah, I have an upper respiratory infection. Terrible, terrible cough. I'm on more drugs than Rat Tail Jimmy from Dr. Feelgood. Got the Z-Pack but, uh, working. Got the Z-Pack working. Got some cough medicine, which is making me excited right now, but it has its ups and downs. And uh, nasal spray, the whole nine, my man. But uh, I was feeling pretty shitty. It started last week. I was just, you know, I had maybe a little bit of a stuffy nose, but, like, I thought I was hungover from the weekend. But uh, then it lasted a little too long even for me, and I just wasn't myself. I was just... Almost like felt the baby depressed. I don't know what it was. Then boom, when I woke up yesterday morning, this is what it was. And uh, uh, I'm, 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 I say I'm at fifty percent right now. I, I know I sound pretty good in here, but I'm all doped up. Not, not real dope. Those days are over. Well, but, uh, we yeah. appreciate you battling, playing hard with us tonight. Uh, the beautiful Paula Bennett will join us in segment three. We'll have emails, and we will have um, Facebook posts, and we will have. Text messages and all that great stuff later. We'll also talk about the last episode of the season. This is the second last episode. We'll tell you what we're going to do in the last one, although we've already announced it anyway. Uh, and also we'll do some plugs at the end. I say segment three because there's only three tonight, not four. Uh, that second part is kind of going to be out of there this week since we're st- covering the Slammies 1987. A little bit of a different show. There's no Hulk match. There's no Hulk opponent. Um, there's no arena, although obviously this came from a venue, but here's what we're going to do. So Dave and I are going to go through the open like we always do. Then when we take a break and come back, uh, we're going to do the news and then we're going to cover the show. But before that, at the end of this segment, Dave's going to tell us where Hulk is. It's kind of a main event of segment A. Um, but a few things before we can get to all that I wanted to go over, Dave. Uh, and the first thing is the announcement that the WWF is done with DVDs. And I bring this up because uh, the history or the greatest wrestling stars of the 80s a DVD set it's a good one. is what brought me back from a huge period of inactivity in wrestling for me. Wow, I did not know that. I walked into an FYE, and I saw that in the top 10. And I said, I got to buy that. And I bought it. And I hadn't watched wrestling in a few years, probably since whenever I tapped out at the end of the Attitude Era. And that reinvigorated my love for wrestling and got me purchasing DVDs that they had released that were out already. The the only one I already had was Hulk Still Rules. I had bought that or got it for Christmas or something. And I know that predated uh, the 80s one. But the 80s one really got me back in. And 
I would buy pretty much everything they put out that was involved in my era. I got a great collection I'm looking at from here. And it was a big thread that kept me connected to the company for a while. So I'm disappointed it's gone. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts? I am, man. And I was bringing back some memories you're saying that about those DVDs. I connect those DVDs with the Ruthless Aggression era, the WWF, basically 2002 to 2007, just as much as the Coliseum videos with the Golden Era, with the 80s. Those were those sure. DVDs were a big deal. It was like they were finally recognizing their past because, you know, in the Attitude Era, there wasn't much of recognizing the past. And, you know, they didn't do that at all in the 90s either. So it was fine. They had, I remember Bret Hart's coming out. It was a big deal. We met yep. him in a Sam, Sam Goody in the Willowbrook Mall here in Wayne, New Jersey. And everybody loved the DVDs. Anything with a documentary attached to it, fantastic. Yeah. It was a nice time, you know, to look to look back on. Even we were adults by then, but it still seems like, you know, something um, that we can look back on nostalgic right now. And yeah, that is a shame. But you know, we have they're all there, you know, right in the in the network in the Peacock. But the thing is, like when it, when there's so kind much, of, right? Kind of, kind of. The documentaries are there for the ones that have documentaries, but most of the match compilation ones are not there. Or if the documentary is there, then maybe the matches included aren't or whatever um but i remember dave i'm sure you remember being a rock and roll fan back in the day going to a midnight release Mm -hmm. uh for a cd and i don't remember what the cd was but there was a a media play i believe um i think it was still media play at this time uh was doing a midnight release for actually i think it was maybe one of the star wars movies or something on dvd um and i went to it, not for Star Wars, but for the best of Saturday Night's main event, uh, the blue wow. <laughs> uh, WWF release, and I walked in there, and they were like, "What? Oh, okay." So, they, they had to go find it for me and get bring so it. So was that coming out at midnight too? That was coming out be... that day as well. So, but I so was they're going to open the boxes. Anyway. Yeah. So I went to the midnight release to, to grab great. that. Yeah, that's great. That's something I would do. That's but, why we're doing a podcast together. Yeah. That's so great. I was so hyped for that one. <laughs> Because that was the first time in years, I think, I had seen a lot of the Saturday Night's Main Event stuff. Um, so yeah. I was super hyped about that. I mean, I'm just looking across the room. I got Allied Forces was a tag team one. The Roddy Piper one. Uh, the greatest superstars of the 80s. Greatest superstars of the 90s. Uh, I got the a one Ric Flair one. A second Ric Flair one. Um, that was a big one. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's unreleased greatest hits. I got that uh, from three different people for my 30th birthday. <laughs> yeah, I got the set, another Hulk Hogan one that's uh, the anthology one. Um, Maybe I, it was that one. I got a Stone Cold one. I got a Randy Savage match collection. Vince McMahon, Ricky Steamboat, The Rock, Bret Hart, The Hart Family one. Um, a Shawn Michaels one. What's over there? Um, the unreleased matches one that was like really recent, the one that Sean Mooney was like the host yes, of. Yes, that was the last one I got. Yeah, I have that one. And then I have a bunch of Blu-rays, which are below it that I can't see. I got the three different WrestleMania sets, you know, one through five, five through 10, 10 through 15. I got yeah, I recall that one. the first three Royal Rumble sets. I got two Survivor Series, History of the World Championship, History Intercontinental Championship, History of the WCW belt whatever you want to call that. Um, I got a Bobby Heenan DVD. Good uh, one. The Greatest Managers, Hulk Still Rules, Monday Night Wars, The Rise and Fall of ECW. That was a huge one. Big one, big one. That I think that's what 
what uh, motivated them to bring the ECW brand back with the one night stand Absolutely, stuff. yep. The yeah. Road Warriors won. Um, an Undertaker one called Tombstone, which is just matches. Uh, the AWA, Rise and Fall of that one. World Class, Rise and Fall. The AWA, yeah, it was a very good one. I watched that one quite a bit. And, you know, like I said before, um, you know, they're on the network. Now that you mention all them, they're not all. They're definitely not all on there. Yep. But the, the network, or Peacock, is still, you know, they're going to make new stuff on there but they're lazy and it won't be the same without the dv it's not the yeah. same but they're lazy they say something's gonna come out it never kind of comes out right like kinda... where's that brett uh bulldog thing. and the luger the bulldog yeah. uh the vladimir super fan right. i was so psyched for that so psyched i just don't understand i just yeah. why tease us with that kind of crap if you can't release it but um yeah they're very lazy you know i i watch my wrestling on youtube and that other thing that that we have that we we don't talk about on the air, right? But uh, yeah, mostly what I watch. Yeah, uh, I know there's a little bit of a push to try to get them to change their mind about this. I doubt they will. I was there. I yeah, there's that. been a little bit of a push. I know Sam Roberts, who I don't love, but he's got yeah. some power, I guess. Um, and he's been organizing the fight. Um, so hey, hopefully they think twice of it. I doubt they will. Uh, but either way, I have. I'm so glad, and I. I always resisted the temptation to get rid of them. You know, people get rid of their physical stuff because of streaming. I don't do that because nobody, it can never be canceled, right? Like, uh, no way, man. You know, I'm a big fan of like the movie Opportunity Knocks. You know, you could say there's yeah. no need to have that on DVD that's streaming somewhere. Well, what if Dana Carvey's canceled and it gets pulled? You never know, man. Nowadays. Yeah, I want to own my shit, keep my shit. Um, and I, I love these WWF DVDs I have. I have a great collection of a lot of them. I'm happy to have them, and uh, even if they never make another one. And by the way, it's been a long time since they've made one that I bought anyway. Um, I think that the unreleased matches one was the last one I bought, and that was a disappointment because there's no commentary. It's just kind of hard to they watch. Should've just, they should have had Michael Cole commentate over them. Something. It would have made it, made it a little easier. Something. It's, hard it's just hard to watch. I watched all the, the introductions, and I would start like fast-forwarding. Yeah, it's, it's You know, rough. they got to have somebody. I mean, I know it would be, in a perfect world, Vince would do it. Go over it, but you yeah. know he's not going to do that. Yeah, but I mean, or hire Jesse. Yeah, hire Jesse. Definitely happen. Who knows? Just whatever. But, but Mooney, Mooney was Mooney hosted. Yeah, he he's in it anyway. Yeah, dubbed over it. Yeah, him and Pritchard maybe. Perfect. Yeah, or yeah Pritchard. Perfect. Conrad yeah, and Pritchard. Who knows? Anything yeah. would have been better than yeah. what they did. Silence. This uh, uh, this topic though reminded me of something. I don't want to forget. Damato mentioned something on our Facebook group. I don't know if he was kidding. He might have been kidding. But tell me if I'm right or wrong. If you even know. He said that like retro like VCR tapes are going to start. Yes, out. he was very much kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so uh, like, yeah it'd be awesome. The, yeah, the vinyl, awesome. vinyl albums are you know popular yeah. again for a while now. So I thought maybe that would be wild. That'd be know, really fun. Releasing something on Hogan, something on Savage, on you know old VCR tapes. So Every once in a while, things. like once or twice a year, I hook the VCR up for something. Oh, yeah. I, I still have one that's connected to a TV. One of those jobs. Yeah. Yeah, so I, that's what I use. But uh, Chet is a big VCR guy. Yeah, he has a few floating around. He still watches my old tapes. He still borrows them from me. <laughs> yep, every once in a while, I, I got to watch an old Pearl Jam concert I have on. Because I was a big Pearl Jam VHS collector. Because, um, mm -hmm. you know, that was a way to get shows back then. That was a big thing. You know? Bootlegs, like, yeah, like, Bootlegs oh. on the Seaside Boardwalk. Yeah, hell yeah. There, they had this heavy metal store. You know, with all the t-shirts and stuff, and they'd have a big box of bootlegs. I would just 
Motley Crue '97 coming from the concert. I, it would be the summer that summer, summer of '98. Boom! They have them all there from the tour, like everyone. Like wow, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Stuff, all right, real quick, I wanted to bring this up because again, it's a bit of a lapsed fan thing. Uh, shoot interviews, right? For years, I would go onto YouTube and play these long sh- find pick a wrestler. I'd be like. Honky Tonk Man shoot interview, and I'd find this two-hour one, and I'd put that on my headphones and take a nap to it, whatever. And eventually, this guy Hannibal would be the guy doing them over and over again. And to me, he's just this guy that has a YouTube channel that gets good interviews with old wrestlers, and I listen to him. Come Sunday morning, I'm getting emails and messages and texts from people saying that he stabbed a guy in wrestling. And then Dave and John and I are doing a three-way talk about it, and there's all this conflicting information, and my head is spinning. So I just wanted to ask you, Dave, what is the story as far as we know right now? Okay, here's what I what got. What happened? What did you get? What do you I'm know? I'm a big, a big viewer of Hannibal's channel. As I know well. you are, yeah. So I wanted and, to come uh, to you. Set the record straight. What the fuck, Dave? Here it is. It was a work. The referee was there because he was the guy who played it is not a, a, a was not refing any other match on a card. He's known to bleed heavy, so you know in real life he bleeds. Okay. And they used the same spike that Kevin Sullivan used on Dusty Rhodes in NWA or something like that. And apparently, it just it was supposed to happen, but it went too far. Hannibal went way too far. When he said he couldn't see out of his mask, it might just be an excuse now. That he got too into it, went too far. Uh, that stuff is not for me. At least he apologized. You know? But uh, the whole, there's no reason for that. If there's blading and wrestling, do it yourself. Don't have it somebody else do, you know, doing that for you. If you want to do it yourself, you know, that's one thing. Right, and that really but, wasn't uh, what they were doing anyway. It was like a maiming. The spike. Yeah. yeah. It got, the guy was really fucked up. But it was supposed to happen, but just not that bad. He said, like... I guess he took part of the blame. Like, he thought he was only stabbed him twice like he was supposed to, but he, then he thought that the, the knife part of it was, like, in his hand. He was only hitting him with his fist, but it was still poking out or something. But he blamed part of the company, blamed this, blamed that, but took some of the blame himself. I don't know. He seems like an okay guy. He had that. I used to hate him because he had that thing with Lanny Poffo where he, like, t- attacked him in the back. and That was, like, 10 years ago, but we thought it was real. But and then that turned, turned out, out to be a work, too, right? Turned out to be a work. Yeah. yeah. Something with Haku that turned out to be a work. You know, me with my 80s guys, you mess with somebody says a bad word about Hulk, I don't like him anymore. That's right. the way I am. So I hated this guy. Then when I found out it was, you know, it was all work, you know, I, I started to like him and his reporting. He's more like one of us. He's not like Melser. He's not like these Tony Khans and all. He sees wrestling a little more our way. Um, and he just yeah, says, that's, what I like about his interviews is he's just like, Okay, so what happened here? What was it like to work with Warrior? What happened in wrestling? Like, he just asks. He just lets them talk. That's what I yeah. like. There's very little of him. And, like, in his interviews, if it's three hours, it's, like, two hours and 45 minutes Honky Dog Man, 15 minutes him, you know? So I appreciate yeah, but, him. Uh, but that was a yeah. really ridiculous nonsense. Yeah, I just yeah. – then, then, you know, I, I don't know. You, you can't get into a person's head. You know, it's over and done with. He half-assed apologized, but – I don't know. You know what I mean? I'll still watch his, his shoots. You know what I mean? Sure. But, uh, That's all I watched I anyway. I, it's not like I was going really, to see him in an with, arena near you. Like, with wrestling, it's so hard. Everything's just like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. You know what I mean? Who knows? 
But that's I, what I got out of it anyway. I always think about the title of Brett's book. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But the car- the cartoon world of wrestling, you know, it's like mm-hmm. that's what it is. Um, there you go. And they might, they could all be in on it. Sure. And and because we're and we wouldn't be talking about any of this. Yep. Now you know what I mean. SWE is the company. It's wor- it's a new world class. Lacey Von Eric is uh, involved with that, and uh, you know people are going to be searching for it now, and people are going to be this. It, the crazy, wacky cartoon world of wrestling. Exactly. All right. With all that said, then, Dave, uh, I'd like to turn the microphone over to you. It is your time to shine. And a little bit earlier than usual, Dave, please tell the listeners where Hulk will be was in December of 1987. Stepping in a little early tonight, brother. I'm ready to go. Got to be home early for uh, room service. You know what I mean? So let let me get in here. A little early. Okay, December 1987. The Hulkster is at the Philadelphia at the Spectrum on December 5th in front of 10,105 fans. Hulk Hogan goes over the one-man gang. And during this match, or at the very end, when Hulkster's posing, Andre the Giant comes out and stares at Hulkster from the aisle. December 7th, Landover, Maryland at the Cap Center in front of 11,000 fans. It's a big Saturday night's main event taping, and this one's moldy, Steve. This one does not air until January 2nd. That's a full month, brother. Woo, stale. Yeah, December 7th to January 2nd. But this is a big one. We didn't know at the time how stale it was. Hulk Hogan over King Kong Bundy at 12 minutes and 9 seconds. Andre the Giants in King Kong Bundy's corner. At the end of the match, Andre attacked Hogan from behind, chokes him down really bad while Real Americans playing. All these wrestlers run into ring to help Hulk. Jake the Snake, the Strike Force, JYD, they just can't get Andre off Hulk. Then Hacksaw Jim Duggan finally comes out with a 2 by 4 blasts Andre with it. Andre finally lets go and a piece of that two by four flies into the crowd because it was supposed to break. It didn't break on Andre. So Hacksaw ended up hitting it on the stairs and it flew into the crowd and hit a kid. And Vince had to take care of that kid. A little tidbit there for that uh, situation. But that's a very memorable Saturday Night's Main Event moment. Steve, I'm sure you, you remember it. Uh, oh, yeah. December 9th. December 9th at the Sundome. Big Superstars taping. Sundome in Tampa, Florida. On this Superstars taping dark match, Hulk Hogan goes over the one-man gang. But more importantly than that, on this taping, a lot of big things happened on the Craig DeGeorge platform interviews uh, airing on December 19th. The same earlier, later that night would be our Slammy show. But airing on December 19th, Hulk Hogan rejects the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase's offer to buy the World Wrestling Federation Championship. What Hulkster says, hell no. Very memorable, iconic moment in World Wrestling Federation history. Then another moldy one from the same taping. It aired on all the way on January 9th. DiBiase purchase, uh, purchases Andre's contract from Bobby the Brain Heenan. And Andre says the iconic line to Ted DiBiase. I will deliver the world, world belt, and I will enjoy it, Hogan. <laughs> Good stuff. December 10th, Fort Myers, Florida, wrestling challenge taping. DiBiase goes over the Hulkster in the dark match by a disqualification. December 11th, Houston, Texas, 2,000-plus. Only there at the Sam Houston Coliseum, Hogan over DiBiase with Andre the Giant. Uh, This match can be seen on the Coliseum video, Hulk Hogan, Real American. December 12th, Kansas City, Missouri, the Municipal Auditorium. The Million Dollar Man with Andre the Giant over Hulk Hogan on a countout. December 13th, Youngstown, Ohio, 6,000 fans at the Beagley Center. To see the Hulkster over the 747, the one-man gang. 
December 13th, the Meadowlands, Brendan Byrne Arena, East Rutherford, New Jersey, 15,000 fans, a big sellout, Hulk Hogan over the one-man gang in a steel cage match. The seven-year-old Dave Rollins was not in the Meadowlands that night, unfortunately. My father would play Santa Claus at the church he went to as a kid. He would actually play it at, like in the Bobby Heenan role. He would make these like crazy one-liners that would go over people's heads, but the adults would uh, get a big kick out of it. We have a lot of those on video thank god but uh, that is the reason i remember why we were i was not at this Meadowlands show and finally december 16th is the big taping at caesar's palace this 1987 slammy awards uh which we're going to talk all about in just a few moments then believe it or not the wwf goes on christmas vacation yeah the boys get to go home all the way up until december 26th all Beautiful right. thing. yes Thank God. I don't know why they don't do that more. You know, I know why they don't do it, but they should do it more. Make yeah. Now yeah. they're not on the road anywhere near the way they were sure. back then. Sure. But uh, they don't take any you know Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, boom, boom, boom. That's a never-ending cycle nowadays. But it's nice to think a lot of people might not know that. I forget. I, I think I said it in one other December show we did in the past, but I, I seem to forget that they do that. That was pretty cool. And this is the first one. Usually they would go back on the night of the twenty-fifth and try to get a house at the Capitol Center for a big Christmas show, but uh, they stopped that this year, so the boys don't have to leave home, I guess, until the morning of the 26th to go back on the road. Beautiful thing. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, good job, Dave. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to read the news for December of 1987, and then we're going to cover the 1987 Slammy Awards. Getting kind of close. Oh, my God, I think we're going to... It's the 37th Annual Slammy Award with Hulk Hogan, Coco Beware, and Frankie, the Million Dollar Man, Virgil, and the Fabulous Moolah, the British Bulldog, and Matilda, the Bolsheviks, Strike Force, Bam! Demolition, Sika, and Mr. Fuji, the One Man Gang, the Natural Foot Free, the Doctor of Style, Flick, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the Foot Foundation. Valentine, the mouth of the south, Jimmy Hart, Brutus, the barber, Beefcake, Jake, the snake, Robert, and Damien, the macho man, Randy Savage, and the lovely Elizabeth, the honky-tonk man, Family, ravishing Rick Rude, King Kong Bundy, Hercules, King Harley Race, Bobby the Brain Penis, the Ultimate Warrior. Jack, the Haiti 
Animal Steel. The Slammy Awards are brought to you in part by Schlitz Malt Liquor. No one does it like the bull. By the National Dairy Board. Milk, it does a body good. By Hall's Mentholiptus Cough Tablets with vapor action for penetrating relief. And by Oxy-10. Oxy-10 is winning the war against Zips. 24-inch podcast. We are back. The second last show of the year. A little bit different today. Celebrating happy birthday to one year of the 24-inch podcast. And, of course, couldn't do the 24-inch podcast birthday party without Paula. She'll be with us in the next segment. But first, it's time to read the news. All right, Dave, December of 1987, and this is one of the last times we're going to use this website. Uh, We are switching this over for season two. Uh, We're going to find something a little bit more reliable because sometimes the information here uh, can be a little bit off, and we're going to start with something a little bit off, and Dave, you set us straight. This says on December 2nd, 334 club forms, there's 334 Braves Devils fans journey through 20 inches of snow to attend the Devils' 7-5 victory over the Calgary Flames at the Meadowlands. What's wrong here, Dave? Well, if uh, you guys go back in our archives, listen to, I believe, it was our second episode, the Kamala episode. We do the January 19th, 87 show at Madison Square Garden, and this 334 club for the Devils actually happened on January 22nd, 1987. There's a huge snowstorm (laughs) while I was watching a Kamala match. I told that whole story uh, in the archives on that episode. And I glanced at the news earlier today, and I said, December 2nd, I I have a crazy, weird memory, but there's, believe me, there's a lot lot of shit in the world that I don't know. But the things (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) I think I have some form of something. But um, I knew that December 2nd, 1987, there was no snow on the ground. I'm not going to get into why I know and all that. There was none. So I started looking into this devil's thing. I didn't remember right off the top of my head. Then once I saw January 22nd, 87, I remembered the Kamala episode. (laughs) So they effed up like the ECW audience likes to say. And I'm sure there's other instances if you go back on this first season where you'll be like, they said this happened. It didn't. I'm sure they did. So we're going to find something more reliable for next season. Anyway, this I do know is true. On December 5th, the 53rd Heisman Trophy Award was given to this Notre Dame wide receiver, Dave. No, I I don't don't, don't want to. I peeked at it before, but I I try not to look like because I want to be honest with this kind of thing. So did you see this one? I did, but I don't remember anyway. Okay. (laughs) But I don't know. It was Tim Brown won the award. Uh, Yeah. Went on to play with the Raiders. Not familiar with good old Tim, but uh, sure is a heck of a heck of a hand. Heisman Trophy winner from Notre Dame. Now, Dave, I'm sure you're more familiar with the next Notre Dame player to win the Heisman Trophy, right? You know who that is. Uh, we all knew him. He was like an iconic, just athlete for kids our age, because um, he had a cool nickname, the Rocket. Owen Hart. Yes, Owen Hart. You got okay. it. All right. <laughs> who was it? Who was it? Who was it really? Uh Rahib Ismail. Rocket Ismail. Uh, yes, I've I've heard the name. I wouldn't have known 
he you know received that honor, but I've definitely heard of him. All right, December sixth. I just got to read this because it's hilarious how they wrote it. Three Satanist Missouri teenagers bludgeoned comrade to death for quote unquote fun. What does bludgeon mean? Beat to death, like beat. But beat. Yeah. That was back then. That was the Satanist shit in the eighties. Yeah. They would blame it on rock and roll. Yeah, I'm sure they were listening like to Flying High again when they did it or something. Right? Ozzy, remember in the Ozzy behind the music? Yeah. Uh, just remember behind the music anyway. How awesome that show yeah, it was! Great. It was, yeah, it's I think good. that was one of the reasons why Motley Crue became popular again at that. You know, at that yeah, time. theirs was one of the best. Diamond Fleetwood yeah, Mac and. The Ozzy one, that guy would say he was talking about the song Suicide Solution. Yep. And he said, if you listen real closely, he goes, get the gun. Get the gun. <laughs> shoot, 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 shoot. Yeah, sure. And Ozzy, Ozzy comes on. He goes, all right, I might sound a little like shoot, shoot, shoot. But I never said get the fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> too good. Too good. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, December 7th, a big day. And it's uh, immortalized in an episode of the great TV show, The Americans. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev arrives in the U.S. for a summit meeting, uh, which was big. December 8th, Philadelphia Flyers goaltender becomes the first goalie to score a goal. Who was that goalie, Dave? I have no idea, but I like that. I think that's cool. Remember, like, playing soccer and and your friends and stuff, and if the goalie kicked it and scored a goal, it would be a big deal, but I, I do not know. Ron Hextall. Not familiar with the man, but I'll try, to, I'll try to remember it. I am pretty sure that he was not the first. I think that um, the Islanders goalie, Smith, was the first. But So here we go again? So here we go again. This, I, yeah, I'd have to look into take, it, but I don't. I'll take your opinion first. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how accurate that is. Like, And that's the problem. Like, Because we're a little bit leery of some of the information on here, you're, you almost question everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even for back for that uh, Devils thing, three thirty four club. It wasn't even like it said December twenty second, like oh they messed up the month, but they got the numbers right. It's all wrong. Yeah, it's Bill- like complete. Billy Smith was the first to score a goal on November twenty eighth, nineteen seventy nine. So I don't know. There you go. What they're what they're getting for there? Maybe we'll have to ignore any more of their hockey uh, yeah. talk. Uh, December eighth, President Reagan and Gorbachev signed a treaty eliminating medium range nuclear missiles. This was a that. In the news back then, Gorbachev, yep. Reagan. Every day, big, all day everything. coverage of it. Uh, sitcoms would talk about it, and wrestling yeah. everywhere. The, it was kind of like the Donald Trump, you know, of, the, of, of today. The and Cold maybe War. Not, not quite as extreme, but yeah. December 9th, Larry Bird has a streak of 59 consecutive three free throws, which is interesting because I just had a guy, a writer on the sportscaster named Dave Shaughnessy, who actually had got himself into a free throw contest with Larry Bird, five dollars a make. It did not end well for poor Mr. Shaughnessy. Yeah, if you said Boston Celtics player, I would have got that one. You would have got Larry Bird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, he's the one. Uh, December tenth, Nightline, uh, the show on ABC with Ted Koppel, is seen for the first time in the USSR. Right, back a, in the USSR. Big moment for them. Yeah, the Bolsheviks had they had popcorn ready. They had uh, all the groceries from the fridge. Big party. December eleventh, a great film directed by Oliver Stone, starring Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen is released. What was that amazing eighties film, Dave? That is Wall Street. Wall Street. However, I never saw it. Did really? You? Oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. How, think I think I would like it. I think you'd love it. Yeah, I gotta check that out. All right, this is one that pumps. I may have seen like you know bits and pieces, like that kind of deal. I guarantee you love it. 
Yeah. Uh, December 12th, this basketball player sets an NBA record of 13 steals in a game. I'll give you a hint, Dave, who he was. A Seattle rock band once considered naming themselves after this player. Hmm. I'm blanking out, man. Oh, man. Mookie right, Blaylock, yeah. the original name for Pearl I've, Jam was Mookie I've heard, of, I heard, I've heard of him. Isn't that from uh, Do the Right Thing? Was that Spike Lee's name, Mookie? Mookie was his name, yeah. I think so, uh, yeah. Pearl Jam was originally named Mookie I, Blaylock. I didn't know that either. They decided <laughs> they weren't going to go with that, so they named the first album 10 because that was Mookie's jersey number. Oh, wow. Wow. Yep. Cool stuff. December 12th. This is very 80s. Roller Mania at Madison Square Garden. The Eastern Express beat the Midwest Pioneers. That sounds something right up my alley, Roller Mania. Some roller derby. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. That'd be on... I think that was even on like MSG late night. Like after the WWF would go off, you'd get some roller mania action. I think the people would like cut promos and stuff too, right? Like wrestling. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh I yeah, it so. was a work. A lot of it was a work. Yeah. 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 Uh, December fourteenth, Chrysler pleads no contest to selling driven vehicles as new. Those scumbags. Oh, well, that's wild! And yeah. just turn that uh, speedometer back, right? I guess that could be done pretty easily. Yeah. People don't know what they're doing. What did you do? Is you just drive the car in reverse? <laughs> uh, December- That's from something I can't think of what <laughs> Matilda The book Matilda by Roland Is that Brown. what it is? Uh, okay, it's from something else too though uh, Let's see, what else do we got here December 20th Nuts With Barbara Streisand premieres I think it's hilarious Nuts. That Barbara Streisand was in something called Nuts I don't know why Because that's exactly what, When you look up the word <laughs> nuts You're going to see maybe a big pair of nuts in her mouth. And you're going to see a picture yeah, right, right in her mouth, right <laughs> laying on top of her nose. <laughs> right in that schnozola. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Oh, no. Terrible day on December 22nd, Dave. Molly Cruz, Nikki Six, overdoses from heroin. Uh, oh, wow. I think it was the 23rd, though, brother. But we'll, we'll, give, we'll give him a break <laughs> on this time around. We're we'll wrong on that, too. Huh? Yeah. How about in the dirt in the movie where the guys in the ambulance? I'm not letting motherfucking Nikki Six die on my watch. <laughs> did you make it? Did you make it that far, Steve? No, I think that was what I had watched when I watched it the second time around. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. We all know that story already. Thank God you're still here with us. Yeah, thank God. Um, yeah, and uh, just I did fact check it. December twenty third, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, I guess we kind of can let that slide, right? Kind well, of. It'd be it's nice still, if they it's were, still though. Yeah, it's, it's still. You know, it'd be nice if you on. just trust them. You know, we can't. It's, but it's nowhere, nowhere near as bad as that devil's one. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's brutal. Uh, December twenty third. I'm just gonna read this one because it's Buffalo. Buffalo goaltender Tom Barrasso leads the Sabers to a five two win over the Red Wings to record his one hundredth victory making him the youngest player to reach that milestone at just 22 years and nine months. Uh, later, the Sabres would trade him to the Penguins where he would win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, great. All right. I added that last part, but of course. Oh, yeah. works that, for me, brother. That's what, that's what we do. Um, Man, lots of, lots of nuclear tests and things like that in here. Yes. Um, it's a really not a great month. Uh, people took off for the holidays, maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. Okay, so let's see if we can if we can follow this. December twenty third, Lynette Squeaky Fromm, serving a life sentence for the attempted assassination of Gerald Ford, escapes from prison. December twenty fifth, Lynette Squeaky Fromm, who escaped two days earlier, is captured. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, good, I guess. Yep. December twenty ninth, the balloon Dior, 
the award given for the best football player in Europe um, is won by Milan. Milan, the team AC Milan, their Dutch midfielder, Rud Gulliot. Gulliot? Oh. Why did you say it? You should, you should have asked me. I would have got that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am going to ask you, though, uh-uh. this year's winner. Now, I'll tell you this. This year's winner won it for the seventh time, okay, which is by far the most of anyone. He's the most famous footballer in the world. Soccer for me. Footballer, most famous yeah, football. footballer in the world. Uh, he's a little guy. He's from Argentina. That's all I'm going to give you. You'll know the name if you can't get it, but it's not the one all the chicks like. Uh, that's Beckham, right? David Beckham, Beckham I think. Yeah. I think, and it's not him. Yeah, he's oh, long. It's not re- him. He's long retired. Uh, I don't know. No, Lionel Messi. Nah, never. Never even know. heard it, huh? Never heard it. Wow. I'll try to remember it though. He's got a big, uh, a, <laughs> I, I, a big endorsement. I just had a brain fart with Beckham, but I, you had a, you even had to say that name. But I know. I, I just had a brain fart. With big him. endorsement no, deal I, with uh, Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then finally, an election of interest on December 30th. Premier Mugabe is elected president of Zimbabwe. Oh, I voted for him. Good. <laughs> that was a big, big yeah. election. Now, this is a really, really sad, sad thing. Dave, on this day, December 25th, 1987, Demarius Thomas, uh, the American football wide receiver, Super Bowl 25 winner, four-time Pro Bowler, fantasy football monster, was born in Georgia. Dave, he died the other day in his sleep. Get out of here. Yeah. I think I heard about that. Natural causes. They don't seem to think there was any foul play involved. So he's been in his early 30s. Yeah, passed away. He was born. I would just kind of skim through the birthdays, and it jumped out at me because he had just... just naturally just passed just away. Went. Yeah, an, so far that's all we have. Yeah, I've had I, I've had uh, I, I didn't get a chance to tell you, but somebody at my job, fifty two year old guy that I would see every day. For, uh, he's a detective. He was there Friday. He was the nicest guy in the world, jolly, happy, always nice to me. Treats me. You know, I'm the maintenance worker. He treats me like one of the detectives. I go on Monday, find out he put up his Christmas tree with his kids, went to bed and died. Oh no, just heart attack. Then today, two two doors down, my neighbor. Uh, this people from Poland, 55 years old, he passed away. Brutal. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. You just never know, man. You never know. So I try to think about these things when you're getting you're getting mad over minor things. Petty shit. You know what I mean? That's just how short life is. It's crazy. Yeah. I heard a, a really cool story. There's, they're talking about this guy, 111 years old. He's on his deathbed, right? He got to live 111 oh, years. God bless him. And he's sitting there with his, with his grandson. And uh, his grandson... He wants to tell his grandson something. And uh, he le- his grandson leans over and he says, I just can't believe how fast it went. Wow. 111 years old. And yeah. the, the thing that struck him was how fast 111 it still, years. It yeah. still goes fast. Well, God bless him. Uh, God bless Demarius Thomas. And that's the news uh, for yeah. December of 1987. Yeah. Let's, let's get happy now with the Slammies. We ended that in a somber note. Yeah, all right. Well, the Slammies, Dave, is what's next. And the Slammies is interesting, okay, because as all things are in wrestling, you know, it's a little off. So we're going to cover <laughs> we're going to cover uh, the 37th annual Slammy Awards, which, of course, is the second one. 
<laughs> yeah, that, as a kid, I would ask and ask, and you know, where are the other thirty-five? Like, I tried to explain it. it to me. Uh, I just didn't get the joke. I just didn't. I go, no, no. Well, they had one last year. Yeah, I know that. You know, <laughs> so there had to be thirty-five more. <laughs> the Slammy Awards is a concept by the WWF where awards, similar to the Academy or Grammy Awards, are given to professional wrestlers and other individuals within the world, such as commentators and managers. It's introduced in 1996. There's been 13 editions of them. Uh, 80, That's crazy to yeah. think of. Yeah, so give, that means like 11 garbage. I'll give them <laughs> to yeah. I'll give them to you. 86, 87, then 94. No 95, but 96 and 97. Oh, those were okay. I forgot about those. Then nothing else until 08, 09, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. So they did it a nice run there, and then once again in 20. The only technically real ones, real standalone shows were 86 and 87, which we're familiar with, then 97, 96 and 97. The right. other ones were just like part of Raw. Super, yeah. Part of Raw, part of, I think, WWF Mania with Todd Pettengill. Yeah. So the, the four standalones and then the rest were all like part of Raw, that type of deal. So I'm sure someday we'll look at the 86 version, but today it's the 87th. Um, and this took place on December 16th, 1987, uh, from Caesars in Atlantic City, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, this was a, a time when Atlantic City was kind of the entertainment capital of the country, believe it or not. Mike Hard Ty- to believe. Mike Tyson would have his fights there. You know, Donald you know, Trump owned the Donald big Trump, casinos uh, there. Robin Leach, right? Robin Lifestyle. Leach, Rich, yeah. Such a famous. WrestleMania 4 and 5 obviously would be there. So it was a big deal to have an event there. Uh, it aired in syndication on December 19th, 1987. Uh, late it, night. Around here, late night. Yep, hosted uh, by Jesse Ventura and Gene Okerlund. Um, and there were musical numbers performed by Vince McMahon, Jimmy Hart. Uh, the entire uh, WWF roster performed If You Only Knew, which was the closing number. And then, of course, the Honky Tonk Man also performed. Um, so a really great night and we'll go over each award. We'll go over, uh, who was nominated, who won things like that. And we'll talk a little bit about the, um, the performances, but Dave, first I want to know, did you watch it? Do you, what do you remember about watching this as a kid? You know, you bet your butt. It was a big deal. It felt just like a Saturday night's main event. It was syndicated on most of the channels that showed superstars. So here, in uh, in Carney, New Jersey, we had it on Channel Five, Fox Five. It was the the Foxes were just turning; they were just turning into Fox around this time. Married yep. Children was starting. It was that very beginning, and we also had an independent station from Philadelphia, Channel Twenty Nine. That was Fox. That aired it like I think the Channel Five one was on at eleven. Then at midnight, the, the Channel Twenty Nine one came on because syndication it could be they could air it whenever the heck they feel like it. But uh, they were both both uh, late night, New York and Philadelphia. And, oh, yeah, we had just like we watched Saturday Night's Meet event. I stayed up. We watched it. And we loved it. And I, I remember this when my mom actually watched it with me and my dad. And she got a kick out of it. And uh, I remember, like, um, this was a pretty big deal. Like, uh, like that Christmas, maybe, you know, a lot of family would come around and stuff. The distant cousins. And, you know, they'd see me with my wrestlers and my Hulk shirt. Oh, you know, I saw the wrestlers singing and dancing last week on TV, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people in it school. Had it had buzz. It had buzz. It had buzz, yeah. yeah. Teachers and stuff. It was, it's, it, for, if you weren't there at the time, people are going to piss all over this. But for someone, you know, that, that was there, it, I think they did a really good job with it. I thought it was cool. Here it aired on Fox 29, which was our Fox affiliate that Superstars aired on, just like you did. And yep. it was on at 10 p.m. 
Oh, you guys got it earlier. Yeah, so it was on at 10 o'clock, and um, I know that because I didn't even know about it literally until 9.40 or so. Uh, it just so happened I was at my dad's house, and I was hanging out in my dad's room, and he had a TV in there that literally only got Channel 29. It was the only wow. one that came in down there in that room. Like, we could go into other rooms or whatever, but the little 13-inch, it was color, but barely, um, TV that was in there, mostly for my Nintendo to be hooked up to. And we were watching TV, and I think we had watched Cops that night, and America's Most Wanted was on. That was big. That was that was that uh, name's escaping me. The guy that his son got kidnapped. Yep, exactly. And, uh, and yeah, uh, and it was always kind of a spooky show. It made me think I was gonna yeah. get that. I was gonna get apprehended. There was there was. Remember that 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 was a big thing back then. Don't talk to people yep. in vans driving by and all. And that's why I still to this day I hate that I hate Soul Asylum because they had that song "Run Away Train Never sure. Coming Back" and its video was all about little kids getting kidnapped. And it scared the piss out of me. Yeah. Um, That's weird but, anyway. Yeah, John Walsh was the... Um, John Walsh, yeah. Yeah, was the guy. And uh, uh, so this was the show that was on. Um, and we were watching it, and then I just find out from an ad, like a local commercial that's like thrown in there that it was going to be on. So yeah, they promoted it on WWF, but they didn't say when and where because it was syndicated. Just like this weekend, exactly. I knew it was coming, but I didn't know. But you didn't know. You're and then I get... happened to see that commercial, um, and yeah. me and my dad watched it. So we, but we yeah. actually went upstairs to watch it on the better TV. But and it also makes it easy to forget when they don't say when and when and where. And when plus when you're under ten years old, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those Saturday Night Spin events too. It was he got used to it after a while, of course. So, but uh, yeah, hard, hard to, hard to keep track of. Again, they call this the 37th annual awards. Um, and let's go through the awards. Uh, let's start with the first one. Uh, best performance by an animal. This was presented by George the Animal Steel, and the nominees, or excuse me, by Gene Okerlund was the presenter, and the nominees were Matilda, Damien. Frankie and the winner George Steele and Paula and I watched this back the other day and she was livid that George Steele won she was not happy she wanted Matilda to win so badly she loves Matilda yep and uh, she was not happy he's not an animal that's just his name that's that right it should have been real animals she was going on and on I thought it was clever, though. Yeah, it was clever. Yeah, and it kind of set, set the tone for the night. It set the tone for the night. Yeah, you knew he was going to win once you saw him. Yeah, it set the tone for kind of the yeah. campiness yeah. And, the, and the goofiness. And it's perfect for – we were a little – just a little bit older than Paula we were watching this. And, you know, I remember laughing and laughing at a lot of these things. This this tape, like a lot of times, you know, my friends would come over even a couple of years after this, playing with the LJNs or whatever, or in between playing Nintendo – we would always pop in the slammies. It was good for background. We would do that also with Royal Rumbles. Oh, you know? yeah. But we Royal Rumbles are great yeah. for background. Yeah, we yeah. weren't popping in like, you know, superstars from last week or anything like that. But the slammies held that Royal Rumble vibe for us. Oh, put the slammies on. You know, so it was, it was repeated a lot. All right. Up, up next is the Woman of the Year Award presented very cleverly by the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart. <laughs> this just really cracks me up. The nominees for this were Sherry Martell. 
the fabulous Mula, Miss Elizabeth, Dolly Parton, and Yoko Ono. <laughs> Two lookalikes. They're they're not you know they're not the real people. I wonder how many people thought they were the real, you know. And I remember uh, having maybe. no clue who Yoko Ono was. Not at all. And I had no told, idea. It took years. Like I said, we played the tape all the time. I still didn't know for a while. Yeah. You know, until I got in like junior high school or something. Who I, the heck that was. I remember saying to my dad, who? Yeah. And, the and winner, you know what's funny? Yeah, go ahead. It was funny also about having Dolly Parton there. A week before this, on the Dolly Parton show, she was, I don't remember the channel. It might have been ABC. She had a show. And on Sunday nights, and Hulk Hogan was a guest, and there was a video that they got married, and it was called Headlock on My Heart. I think you'd YouTube it. So that's how I knew who she was. You know, right? Oh, that's really that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, all right. Great award there. Miss um, Elizabeth is the winner. That's and, a uh, 100% given right there. Yep. And, and she looks great, too. Beautifully done. She looks great. Macho even let her talk for a second there, too, uh, which was good, I thought. All right, Best Ring Apparel, presented by Jim Duggan. Um, and the nominees are Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. Um, the Honky Tonk Man. Randy Savage, who I remember came to mind. My dad was all about Randy Savage in general and really thought he should be the winner here. Demolition, who were kind of just rising. Um, and then Harley Race, the king, and he's the winner. And uh, Jim Duggan, who's presenting the award, refuses to say his name. And uh, it starts a huge brawl between them, which spills into the back and all over the place uh, and goes on for um, a, a big portion of the show. Dave, talk about the award here, your thoughts, and then let's talk about the whole fight and be done with it. Okay. Yeah, it's good that we're doing it that way. Yeah. I like it. Uh, funny thing, only on the Channel 5 uh, New York airing of this, some something was screwed up. I guess it, this, it wasn't a live show. It was taped on the 16th, like we said, a few days earlier. But for some reason, when they were announcing Hacksaw Jim Duggan, it, it cuts off and goes to a Chevrolet commercial. So it goes, Hacksaw Jim, listen to the heartbeat. For some reason, me and my friend Anthony Pagano got such a charge kick out of that. To We'd be watching WCW in 1998, and Hacksaw would be coming out, and Anthony would be like, Hacksaw Jim, listen to the heartbeat. It just never went away. Uh, sounds silly probably if you, know, if you weren't there, but we just got the biggest kick out of that. So if anybody else out there listening remembers the feed on Channel 5 in New York, you're going to know what I'm talking That's about. That's funny. Yeah. And uh, and also, I remember my friends at school, everyone was saying, Macho Man was wearing a bib. Macho Man was wearing a bib. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. We were just wearing a bib a few years before that, you know, mm-hmm. as kids. And, uh, oh, man, they're just perfectly done how, how they're inter- intertwining the angles that you're going to see in the house shows. Hacksaw yeah. and Harley, yeah. Ma- Macho Man and Honky Tonk Man are having their feet. It's just so brilliantly done. And you, that, that's something that the first Slammys in 86 was lacking, any kind of action. This is action. You know, oh, I don't want to watch people might say, oh, it's wrestling, but they're not wrestlers, but they're not wrestling. Oh, they're wrestling now. They're fighting. The fight, that's the kind of stuff I like. You know, Three Stooges, potty humor mixed in, you know, with uh, the, 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 the scene up, up uh, in, in, when they were going to have the Christmas party with the food fight. Paul got they a huge grew, kick oh. out of that. He, they ruined the snack. Fit. They ruined snack. I guess no one's getting a snack. snack Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this guy, Rick Sakura, uh, he used to own a gym down the street from my house, Garden State Gym. Uh, Rick's, hey, Rick's a follower of us on 24 Inch Podcast Facebook, I believe. Uh, hi, Rick, if you're listening. Uh, he got a, he was, this is the late, late 90s now. 
and would remember Gorilla Monsoon turning around with the lettuce flying over his head of the door, still going crazy in there. <laughs> and he would just he would just bring it up all the time. Like the lettuce flies out the door, and Gorilla says that it's, it's just so good. It just the uh, the the chickens. You know what, what are animals doing here? You know, me and my friend say, well, <laughs> yeah, they're, hillb- yeah, they're hillbillies. Yeah. They're hillbillies uh, animals. Oh, okay. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, and uh, that's that, too that, funny. That, I guess it's uh, that you know, feminine hairdresser runs away. <laughs> and then there was stuff. something that Pritchard talks about, right? That they weren't supposed to go through the one thing, and they did. Yeah, the broke screen. It, the screen I, I, there. I never quite, quite understood it. Apparently, the music performances weren't done for the crowd. They were done like before the show or something taped. And I think the crowd watched them on that screen. Okay. Perhaps. So then they broke the screen. So they broke it. They were supposed to break it a- after. I, I never really fully understand stood it what, what Bruce was trying to say, but they had it. Whatever. They, they weren't supposed to come through it at that time, and they did. And they had to they had to fix get a new screen or fix it, put everything on hold. And just a great thread throughout the show. They come back to it. They come back to it. It's perfect. Really, so really you, well you're never done. gonna get. You might because. Maybe, you know, somebody watching it, oh, this is funny. The wrestler's getting awards, but you might get sick of it after a half hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? But with the fight going on, it's, you know, it's going to keep people tuned in. Good action. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Next, Hulk Hogan presents the Real American Award. Uh, no nominees. Instead, it's just presented to Billy Graham, uh, who accepts it and is a, a fine winner of the, of the Hulk Hogan Award. We're going to talk next about the Jesse the Body Award which is mentioned for years and years and years. Oh, the Jesse the Body winner. Uh, Jesse the Body winner. Talks about it all the time. Hulk Hogan Award, not quite the same. Um, no. When I was watching this back, I didn't remember who won it. Wow. You know, and then it was like it had slipped my mind. Almost everything else about this I had remembered, um, but Billy Graham slipped my mind. But he's the winner of it, and uh, he, he doesn't look great. He's broken down. And I remember... Just knowing about hip injuries, and a, uh, the, a couple years later, Bo Jackson uh, got a hip injury, and he was gonna he got injured against the Bengals in the playoffs, and the next game was against the Bills, and he was questionable, questionable, questionable. And I just I remember, remember I remember telling everybody, "There's no way he plays." I seen hip injuries, what it did to Billy Graham. Uh, like 1990, yeah, right? yeah, Bo Jackson. 90 was Bo Jackson, but I just remember telling everyone because around WrestleMania four or whatever. And around this time, I had seen Billy Graham, so I thought I was an expert on hip injuries. And you were. That's what, see, that's what wrestling does, man. Yep. So, th- and uh, what about your thoughts oh, on this one? I love this. We thought he was going to give it to Macho Man because the whole Mega Powers thing just yeah. happened. Yep. But when it was Superstar, you know, I look like, oh, why him? And you know, my dad said, no, this is this is the right guy. You know, this is the guy that he emulated. So I didn't really get it as a kid, but now looking back in hindsight, it's such an iconic moment. Seeing those two posing together. Yeah. And it's the only time with that yellow backdrop. Sure. And it's funny. Superstar yelled at Jesse at SummerSlam 88. If you're going to pose Ventura, take off your jacket and pose. Remember him saying that on a commentary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Superstar posing in a, in a jacket here, but, uh, iconic Hulk and superstar. You know, Hulk's my favorite. Of course. I love superstar. You know, that, that kind of style of brother. wrestling. It's, it's just amazing, brother. And when Superstar was coming in, coming up the steps, you see Tony Gurria standing there on the side. You'd have to look back at it once I say it, because you're not going to catch this without knowing what, what I'm saying first. Uh, there's, there's a kid in a blue shirt. Uh, it's a wrestler who was an enhancement ta- talent in the early 90s, Mike Moraldo. And then he became Ace Darling. He teamed up with Devin Storm and fought the Outsiders on um, Monday Nitro at one time. They were called The Extreme. Anyway, 
this this wrestler Mike Moraldo, he's darling. He hangs out at Tommy Fierro's store. He helps out there mm. a bit and uh, become an acquaintance of his friend, whatever. And he's like, oh, I I was superstar hugged me. Remember he hugged the kid when he walked up sets. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. And he we pulled it up on a phone. Boom, it's him. And he said, uh, awesome. Tony, somebody knew Tony Gurria, and he got them there. So yeah, that was a really cool moment for him. Like to share that. And yeah, just just for me, for just you know, Hulk, Jesse, and Superstar, that's my style. When I'm, you know, drinking out with buddies and carrying on, wherever, that's what I act like. That's the wrestlers I like. So, um, yeah, I just think it's an iconic an iconic moment. And uh, Hulkster sounded like he had a little cold there, so very uh, timely for me. Yeah. Well, speaking of <laughs> iconic, next up is the Jesse the Body Award. And more than any award given out this night, this award really played a part in the shows that would follow it um, because of the winner. Uh, the nominees are The Ultimate Warrior, uh, Butch Reed, Hercules, Sherry Martell, I think for a different reason. Nice uh, one. And the winner, Rick Rude. Man, Jesse Ventura loved the fact that Rick Rude was the Jesse the Body Award winner, and he never let you forget it. He mentioned it all the time. Um, and it's a really memorable moment from this show. Um, if you ever ask me who won the Jesse the Body Award, well, you know. boom, instant. Because he never let us forget it. So that's my thoughts on that one, Dave. And risque uh, amount of uh, skin here on uh, the ravishing one. Yeah, he comes he and showed. does essentially a strip show. And Mean Gene is just so, so funny. Ho, 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 with the towel. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. And he's looking down at his pecker, you know, going, oh, I can't believe it. I'm watching this. And, and the way I watch TV, you can, you can see what I'm watching in my living room from outside. You know, it's it's late at night when I'm watching this film, but I go to re I'm rewinding it, and somebody's walking by outside. So I'm just like, oh my god, what they must think this half naked man and it's being rewound and shown again <laughs> TV. Like it, Dave must be a little weird, dude. But uh, yeah, uh, it's just just funny, funny stuff, man. We have, mean Gene. We have kind of jo of a joke at our house that you know Tammy's gonna leave us for Rick Rude. And yeah, that, you know, and that Rick Rude is Tammy's favorite, and that she just loves Rick Rude, and he Did makes you see her blush. No, so it's so funny. So me and Paula were watching this, and at the beginning, Tammy was in the shower, and then she came out, and she was in the kitchen doing something, and this was going on, and Paula's like whispering to me, she's like, "Good thing Tammy's in the kitchen, because you don't you don't want to lose your wife. Good thing she's in the kitchen." Like, yeah, I know, Paula. Good thing. So it's kind of a funny thing. Rick Rude, uh, the Jesse the Body Award winner. All right, next yeah, up. Yeah, then, then uh, the, the chick, you know, the, the the girl handing out the trophies, he he leaves with her, and then the towel comes flying back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mean, mean Gene covering up his mouth. Oh, oh, oh. oh my. Yeah, Mean Gene. It's these little things that you might not caught, you know, when you're a kid that you watch now. Like, Mean Gene is gold. He's great. Amazing, yeah. Uh, next up is The Greatest Hit, uh, presented by Jesse Ventura and Gene Oakland. We get to see some wrestling highlights for this one. Um, the nominees are Rick Martel and Tito Santana. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, they show him pulling himself and jumping in. Uh, the Slingshot. Ring, uh, slingshot out of someone. Honky Tonk Man. Um, Andre the Giant. Was it the lot landing Pafo over the top? Battle Royal? Uh, no, I think it was uh, Hulk when he threw Hulk, Hulk out of the Hulk, Battle Royal. That's right. Yep, out of the Battle Royal. Um, and then Jim Duggan, who becomes the winner for hitting someone with his stick, uh, as we call it here. So Jim Duggan's yeah. the winner. Of That's the what started the, started the feud while while they're brawling now. Yep. That was the start of it. Yep, 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 yep. So that ties in there. Uh, Manager of the Year presented by Gorilla Monsoon. This is really good. So Gorilla announces. So, okay, so Gorilla's up there. 
All right, the first nominee. Oh, I can't believe this. Bobby Heenan. Bobby gets up and walks up like he's the winner. Next up, Mr. Fuji. So they all keep getting up like they're the winners. So it's Bobby Heenan, Mr. Fuji, Jimmy Hart, and Slick are the four guys up there. And it's announced there's no winner. And even then, I was a little bummed by that. Me too. Um, I wanted there to be a winner. I wanted to know what which about, one uh, of these guys is the winner. Where was Oliver Humperdinck? Yeah. Let him win Elizabeth, that. Let Elizabeth win it. I was just uh, a little cheated that there was no winner, but which is just yeah, got, odd. It's like, what's the explanation there? It was for Gorilla to say that because it's Gorilla. Yeah, you know what I guess, I mean? but. I got a cool story. Um, I'd rather he just be disgusted by it. Like, I think Bobby should have won and Gorilla's disgusted by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Junior year of high school, uh, there was some ra- wrestling radio show on a Wednesday night at 1 a.m. And usually I will get up on my boom box and lower the sound. And tape it. And you can still tape it with the lowered the sound lowered on your boombox. Let's do it the next day. But for some reason, uh, I was up this this particular Wednesday night, and they had something they never did. They had trivia for tickets to WWF at Madison Square Garden, and it was who won the Manager of the Year in 1987. And people were calling saying Bobby Heenan, Elizabeth, Jimmy Hart. So I said, I got I got a call. <laughs> Boom! None of the above. Good. I got the tickets. It was this guy, uh, Bobby That's Rydell. Sick. That's awesome. Yeah, re- real nice guy. Bobby Rydell is involved with the wrestling business in my area. Nice man of God too. And uh, yeah, I won the tickets, and me and Chet went. Ended up being that that garden show, that real weird one that was shown on the MSG network like five years after they stopped doing it. Oh, okay. it, it could be found on yeah. Peacock. Yeah, it was that. It was that show. We won. We won tickets to that show because of this uh, memorable. None of the above. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, next up, the best personal hygiene presented by Jesse and Gene. And the nominees are George the Animal. I, re- I already know what you're laughing at. George the Animal <laughs> Steel, uh, Hillbilly Jim, Sika, <laughs> King Kong Bundy, <laughs> and your winners. Tone on the throne. <laughs> your winners, Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov with Slick. The winners. This is just hilarious, Dave. We, as kids, you know, Bundy lets out this big fart. Huge <laughs> fart, yep. Mm-hmm. As kids, we would have that kid laugh, you know it from Paula. Yep. You know. Couldn't when, stop when giggling at Bundy's fart. Yep. Oh, it was the best. How did he not win? I know. Talk about a How job. How did he not win? Yeah. yeah. And they reenacted uh, Nikolai and Boris falling. Uh, the, uh, you know, they walked up the steps and they both fell down. The Sheik did that in the first Slammies when they were going out there. He, he fell down. It was funnier that time. But, uh, yeah, then Slick, it's like they get into this whole Gorbachev thing, like what's in the news at the time. Slick's uh, yeah. commentary. That's probably yep. why they did it. Yep. Um, uh, some some, uh, some we're going to clear up. Best group, One Man Gang is the winner. Yeah, that group. was not – these rest some of, of them these weren't, aren't, some of they them, weren't shown. Yeah, some of them aren't shown. Then we'll get back to the last two they showed. Uh, humanitarian of the Year was Ted DiBiase, which is funny. Uh, best head was a tie between Gene Okerlund and Bam Bam. <laughs> uh, now, only in hindsight do we get the humor of that best head. You know best I mean? head, yep. We didn't get to see who the nominees were, but I hope Sherry was one of them. <laughs> uh, the Bobby the Brain Heenan Scholarship Award was given to the Islanders, Haku and Tama, Andre the Giant, Hercules, King Kong, Bundy, and Harley Race. So Amazing. How did that not make air? I don't know, but that's funny. Those are the ones that didn't air. All right, the last two that aired... Uh, best vocal performance presented by Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. The nominees are George Steele, um, 
for going, you know, making his grunt. You, yeah. You. Uh, Jimmy Hart for his jibber jabber in the in the uh, megaphone. Uh, which when we were watching this, me and Paul, when he got nominated, it was just going back and forth. I would call my lawyer, baby. I would call my lawyer, baby. <laughs> uh, the one man gang for his whoo thing. Love it. Uh, junkyard dog for his barking, and the winner for his ho. Oh, Jim Duggan is second in the night. All right. Maybe a little bit too much Jim Duggan here. They're really, really pushing uh, Hacksaw in this show. And then he goes and blows a... it, right? All this. No, that was before this. How was it before? Actually, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was before this. Well, I'm surprised that was in you got... May. Surprised he got this much push after Yeah, well, that. I think they were doing this because, um, you know, because they would think so far ahead uh, after the Hulk stuff and Andre ends at WrestleMania for uh, Duggan works with Andre. Then they they main event uh, house shows, uh, you know, on the B shows and big, stuff. So, big push, though, for Duggan here. Yeah. Man, he's everywhere on this. All right. The very last thing, the song of the year presented by Jesse Ventura and George Oakland or Gene Oakland. Jesus. All right. So. I'll give you the nominees and it'll give us a chance to talk about each performance because they all perform the show live and then we'll talk about the award and then we'll talk about the last part. All right. So Vince McMahon was the first to perform his song Stand Back, which is the show stealer. I mean, if there's if you can only watch five minutes of this show, watch this. Right, Dave? It's amazing. I'm going to save something because somebody asked a question about this later. I'm going to save something save for the questions. For yeah. Yeah. Something I'm going to relate this to. This is how much I, I love it. I love this area. I love the 80s. I love yep. 80s chicks, hot chicks, Vince McMahon singing, and Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Jake the Snake playing instruments. I mean, come on. It's heaven for me. I can't get enough of this. You know, we thought Vince was drunk back then doing this. It, it was just, just so much fun. So it was just like, we were like, every people watching it, just like eyes open. Like, what is happening? You know, that, that and the announcers acting like this? Like, this yeah. is crazy. Uh, Wild. Next up was Coco Beware doing pile driver which was the single and of course they had the video for it which was on the construction set yeah uh, baby um which i always remember and have watched many times that pile driver vhs tape it's like the first video on that um whatever i don't think anything to add about that coco is a good singer he does a good job i thought yeah uh honky talk man performs the Honky Tonk Man song, um, Cool, Cocky, and Bad, and it's so good. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, great set yeah. design. And and the hearts are so cool. Yeah, like, the we, hearts, thought... we had to rewind it when um, Brett slides and then Anvil jumps over him, or maybe it's vice versa. Anvil slides and Brett jumps over him. Me and Paul was dying at that. We had to rewind it for her to watch it again. He almost missed, too. He, he almost did, got yeah. crushed he, on the Anvil's flat top there. He bro. felt his balls across the top of his head there for sure yeah and before i forget the the main blonde dancer that's right next to the honky tonk man all the time she's the main dancer in in, in all the uh performances right yep. uh um peter winston actually uh looked these uh names up because they show it in, in the credits and i thought that was awesome that uh, peter winston did that because i love shit like that but her name is eileen fairbanks pretty looking blonde there and she was from the show solid gold that was on in the 80s syndicated we had on channel 11 here it was like American Bandstand kind of, but they would do like the top 10 yep, songs that week it. on Billboard. And they would mm-hmm. have people dance, hot chicks dance, guys too. She was from that. And probably some of the other girls too. But in case anybody out there is wondering who these lovely ladies were, Eileen Fairbanks is the, the main one out there in the front for most of it. And then Jimmy Hart performed Girls in Cars because they couldn't get the actual singer of the song. 
I remember at the time being disappointed that Gene didn't do Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. Yeah, and of course, Slick, too. Jive Soul Bro. And Jive Soul Bro. Those would have been great to have. Um, Jimmy's is okay. Uh, it's really the end of it is the best when he gets hauled out of there. Um, Another un- uncontrollable laughter. So funny. As kids. Yeah, yeah, by the big big lady in the bus. <laughs> in the bus. Yeah, drags him out. <laughs> so they go to announce the winner. And it's cause I want to add, it's cool that yeah. because me and you, I know we talked about this off air. We're like, what the hell is Jimmy Hart doing singing the song? This makes no sense. Yep. You know, but so th- obviously he wrote the song. You know, he's Jimmy Hart. Yep. And they couldn't get Robbie Dupree to do it. He was on tour or something. But it's cool that they had the strike force come in and, you know, then the, the big heavy lady chases Jimmy Hart off him. So all the kids are now like, oh, okay. You know, yep. then we forgot about Jimmy Hart was singing it. Perfect. Perfectly done. So who's the winner? So they the envelope gets taken. So all the wrestlers are lined up getting ready to sing if you only knew which is the closer and everyone's lined up waiting and someone grabs the envelope first and it gets passed on and they're looking they're looking and it gets all the way down to Sika who eats it and we never get to know who won uh, the award and we will answer who we think won the award later in with Paula in the uh, in the next segment so stay tuned for our thoughts on that and then the show essentially ends with all the wrestlers uh, pretending to sing if you only knew um which is one of my favorite wrestling related songs of all time i think it's so catchy yeah i enjoy it i love singing it in the voices of the wrestlers you know like uh, uh the measure of a man understand is more than your common pattern it's the way I'll make you eat those words that matter. I just love doing that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> when uh, Paula was uh, like around like two years old or something, if she would get cranky in the car, the way to get her to calm down was to put that on the radio. Awesome. She loved it. You got to gotta go through YouTube. And that's funny one. Then the other day we were watching it and she didn't really remember the song. Really? Yeah, and I was like, you don't remember when you were a baby? She's like, no, but I, I'm i not surprised I like it because it's really good. But, yeah, she didn't remember <laughs> that. So Incredible. But that's uh, <laughs> that's the end of it. It's a shame Piledriver never got uh, released on CD. They, I know. Eventually, a... they released, released the original one eventually, and you know, none of them are on Apple Music or anything like that. you got to go to YouTube to listen to them. I got it as a Christmas gift, I remember, from my Uncle Paul. Um, got it for me, a uh, the tape, and it was in a giant package. Yeah, they you came know, in the, the yeah, big... A big thing with Hulk on the front with the hard hat, and the tape was like up in the little corner there yep. of it. Yep. And that's what I got for Christmas that year, I guess, probably this Christmas or whatever. Um, that yeah, was I got, one of my gifts. I remember going into... Um, it was either on the day or right around the, the time of Hogan against One Man Gang at the Garden. You know me, I relate to everything at the Garden to yeah. what I was doing. September 87, around that time, we walk into Mickey's Music, a very famous music store in uh, Belleville, New Jersey, which is no longer there for probably 20 years. But uh, the first thing you see, boom, is that big, you can see it from outside the store. And I just, maybe we weren't even going in there because it's like a mini mall. But I just saw Hulk staring at me right there, boom, right in the store. You know, the rest is history. That's it. Uh, 37th annual Slammy Awards. And I remember. The next year, around Christmas time, waiting and looking in TV Guide and looking in the paper, when is the Slammys going to be? Yes, sir. And uh, the answer was never. Never. The answer was 1996. Yeah, but in our 
thoughts at the time we needed a wrestling album three to get the slammies on something i don't have the date which is not like me and i apologize on some superstars of wrestling or in 19 i think it was 89 so you know, well it would have been 89 89 sometime they said there's going to be another wrestling album and the rockers are going to have the lead the lead uh mm. single they said i know they said it but i can't find it if anybody knows what superstars that was on if you're listening it was visiting jesse talking two four inch podcast write, at gmail.com please because hollywood dave Rollins stumped the hollywood brother i don't i can't remember where that was when that was, but it was said, and nothing ever became of it, unfortunately. Bummer. Yeah. Bummer. All right. Well, that's the uh, that's that. That's the Slammys. That was fun. Something fun to do today. A little bit different for the anniversary. Of course, we got one show left. We'll talk about what we're going to do for that in our one segment that's left. So you've waited long enough. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with your emails and your questions and some plugs and some news about next week, and we'll do it all with the beautiful Paula Bennett. We'll be back. I am a real American Fight for the rights of every man I am a real American Fight for what's right Fight for your life Today, my elf on the shelf is here. Matilda, she's sitting up with me, and we're going to do another episode of the 24 in podcast. And, Daddy, do you have some plugs? We do have some plugs. Thank you so much for that, Paula. Don't forget, you can listen to every single episode in the one year of the 24-inch podcast on our SoundCloud page. It's soundcloud.com slash sports dash casters why well because our brother podcast the sports casters is also on that feed for more information about that and to follow me specifically on twitter at sports underscore casters you can also email us on gmail and that's the number two the number four the word inch the word podcast at gmail.com on twitter at the number two the number four the word inch the word podcast the Instagram is at 24 underscore inch underscore podcast. And please join us on Facebook. We have a lot of fun there. And it's a really nice community. Everyone's welcome. Even Jay Hinchy is treated <laughs> nicely there. Uh, and you can find that by just searching 24 inch podcast, clicking on groups, and then we'll welcome you. Um, so, a lot of business to get to still for the end of the show here. Um, one thing we wanted to do, since it is the one-year anniversary of the podcast, is Paula wanted to sing Happy Birthday to the 24-Inch Podcast. Wow. She's going to lead us, right? Mm-hmm. And Dave and I will sing with you? Mm-hmm. All right, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, two one. one. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, birthday to you. To you. 
Happy birthday, 24-inch podcast. Brother. Happy birthday to you. 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 Hey, Paula, thanks for joining us, and I loved your introduction there. You're growing up right here on the 24-inch podcast with us. Don't forget to check out Greetings from Allentown. Uh, It's at GF Allentown Pod on Twitter. Hasn't been a new flagship show since November 11th, but that was a good one about uh, Jesse Ventura's, I believe, last televised program with the WWF. But there has been regular Greetings from Allentown Lives with Keithy most recently. They looked at the movie Casino. And um, my cousin Vinny, yes. And my yes. cousin Vinny, similar to how they started with um, Goodfellas back in the day. Uh, so they've been on the movie, so don't forget to check that, them out as well. I think that's it for plugs. Let's get into emails. Uh, Paula, do you want to start us? Yes. Do you have an email from Matilda? Yes. You want to start with that, or Ooh. you want to save that one for last? Save that one for last. Okay, so what do you got? Do you got one over there in your notes? Um, I Remember, you got to speak in the microphone. Okay, so let's have uh, Dave get us started off with a text then. Okay, Okay, we're going to go out to Southern California, sunny California, the city of angels. Tim Mangione, great listener and great friend of the 24-inch podcast. He's got a question. Why did Hulk Hogan never have a program with Bret Hart in the WWF? Okay, well, Tim, uh, I'm going to go first here. This has been been discussed at at nauseam, and when me, Steve, and Paula take a look at WrestleMania 9, we're going to really, you know, get into this this situation here because it, it is it, it is exactly that, a situation. But, Tim, since you're such a loyal listener of the show, I don't want to leave you hanging here. So I'll, I will give you an answer, and then Steve and Paula will throw in something as well. Um, after WrestleMania 9, you, Tim, you know that whole situation there where Yokozuna beat Brett, and then Yoko and Fuji challenged Brett, and Hogan jumped in the ring and won the title right there at WrestleMania 9, brother. It was a big shock. Well, you know, Brett didn't like that, and he was – Told, he says he was promised a, rem- a match with Hogan at SummerSlam 93 and win the title from Hogan. And we all know that that yep. did not happen. Nope. Brett, Brett blames Hogan. Hogan went on in June to drop the title back to Yokozuna and pretty much get squashed by Yokozuna. Hardly not much offense in that match from the Hulkster. So now I look at it this way. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bret Hart. He's top four or five of my all-time. We all know Hulk's Same. my all-time favorite, yeah. but Brett's right, Brett's right there. But now, if that was really the plan, wouldn't have Brett fought Yokozuna at SummerSlam and took the title off him because Yoko squashed Hogan? Brett wasn't even in the title picture at SummerSlam. So, obviously, this lays on Vince McMahon is the person who did not want Brett to be in the championship match at SummerSlam. I, I, it I don't always see how... is. It's always Vince McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, so we're going to get into We're going to do WrestleMania 9 coming up you know, shortly, uh, maybe even in Season 2. Keep an eye out. Yeah, and, so, I, uh, and I think to expand on what you said, Dave, I, I think the word is timing. I mean, they really only had one shot at it where it would have made sense for Brett to be the guy. you know. And things went a different way, and that happens all the time. Whereas if Brett was Brett the whole entire portion of Hogan's career, they could have had a misstep here, a misstep there. Then they get it together here. You know what I mean? Not every feud Hulk had happened when it was originally planned. You know, yeah. some feuds were meant to be here. They get pushed off. It doesn't happen. Happens over here. Well, most of the time during Hulk's reign, he's in a tag team, Brett. He's not at that That's level That's very yet. true. You know what I mean? Yes. So It I, wasn't until this point. Yeah, I think it was just 93. timing. Yeah, and by 93, they had one shot at it, and plans changed, and they didn't get it. So I think that— 
timing is a big reason. One more thing I want to add yeah. uh, is that Vince doesn't like the uh, face versus face championship match at right. the events. Yep. Even though the Warrior Hogan one is iconic, and I wouldn't want that to change in hindsight. I love the match. I love everything about it. However, coming out of that match, I was mad at Warrior, and I couldn't have been the only one. I didn't really like him anymore because you know I was nine years old, ten years old, and he beat my guy. So if they did this, Hogan was not as popular in '93 as he was in 1990. But we may have had some more of that. You know, some Hogan fans might not have liked seeing Hulk tapping out to the sharpshooter or whatever, or getting small packaged by Brett. So, you know, Vince, does, they already did it with Warrior, so I don't think there's any reason to do it again. Uh, so, they're, you know, the transitional route, they went, but then they went with Luger. You know, we all know what ended up happening in there, but it right. wasn't Brett any, wasn't Brett anyway at SummerSlam. So I think that just debunks, debunks the whole thing. It wasn't him in the title match anyway at SummerSlam. All right, let's go to email, 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. We got one from Lucas Calhoun, uh, who, of course, was the requester of, was it the last episode or two ago? Uh, two ago, the adorable ago. one, Adrian yeah. Adonis. All right, a few questions for you guys. One, do you think the girls in cars would be a hit today, but we have, <laughs> would we have had to change it to people in cars? And two, uh, seeing Hogan and the superstar together, did you guys think if Graham's hip holds out, a short run with these two would have worked? And then three, is there more coveted image in the history of the world than a real picture of Tali's gimmicks? Uh, Thanks for the entertainment this year. What was it, the third part? Is there a more coveted image in the history of the world than a real picture of Tali's gimmicks? Oh, Tali, Tali Parton, got it. Uh, thanks for the entertainment this year, and R.I.P. Chicken that was used for a weapon by Harley. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Rest in peace. That poor chicken. That All wouldn't right. have went well over today. Went over well today as well. Paul, we need your help on this one, baby. All right, let's see. Let's go one by one by one. Let's start with: Do you guys think girls in cars would be a hit today? But it would have to be changed to people in cars, which is a funny joke. But let's start with the first half. Paula, let me ask you this: I need your opinion. Do you think, this is Lucas wants to know this, do you think if Girls in Cars was a song on the radio today that you and Mommy would like that one when you're driving around, listening to the Kiss 98.5 like you guys do? Because you know with me it's just rock and roll, and this is more of a pop song than a rock and roll song. But when you and Mommy listen to Pop Top 40, would this be be one you think would be a hit? Yes. Because, do you know why? Because Girls in Cars, because sometimes girls are just alone without boys, so, uh, like, there's husband and a kid. Yeah. And it's going to be people in cars. Da, 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 da. <laughs> people girls. in cars. But if, it, if we change it around to yeah. girls in cars. Yeah. Do, 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 yeah. That would work out better. Okay. All right. So she says maybe yes, a hit, but keep the title. Um, No, I don't think it would be a. A hit today, I don't. Then I do. Today, no. Dave? Yeah, then definitely. I don't know what a hit is today or what a hit today sounds like. Can you throw one at me? A popular song right now? I can't. No, I mean, I don't listen to that. Paula might. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, what's a hit? Good hit right now. That's a shame that I can't even think. Uh, Well, anyway. Bringing sexy back? I think that's that's from a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I actually I like that song. But, All right, um, thank you. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. A good a good song's a good song. Uh, I don't know if it's, it has a timeless sound to it. And plus, you know, uh, you know, Robbie Dupree had a he had a one hit wonder uh, with a yacht rock song "Swift Away" or something along those lines in the early '80s. Uh, I can't say because nowadays I'm so out of tune, out of touch with yeah, whatever I think going it's just, on in music today. Is there music today? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, don't know. I think it's best in the era where it originated. In my yeah, opinion. I, I Lucas, I don't know because I don't, I can't think of one song from 2021 right now off the top of my head that was popular. Uh, oh, the weekend. Okay, I do like one of his songs, one or two of his songs. Uh, I mean, maybe if they if this, they produ- produced it a little differently, a little bit of a different production, it may work. That's my answer. All right, part two, seeing Hogan and Superstar together. Do you guys think if Graham's hip holds out, there's a shot at a run between those two guys? I, I think I know this one. All right, what do you think, baby? Can you tell it to me again? Yeah, you, so you know how Superstar Billy Graham was there on the awards? Remember he had his cane? If he was feeling better and he didn't have to have that cane, do you think him and Hulk could have had a program together? Um, no. No. Okay. Paul says no. Uh, I'll say yes. I, I think that Hulk certainly respected him and definitely would have wanted to work with him. I do worry about Superstar's ego and whether he would have been totally willing to cooperate in the way that you needed to to be in a program with Hulk at this time. But uh, maybe outweighed by his ego would have been his desire to get that Hogan payday at that point in his career. So I'll stick with my instinct and say they could have done some good business together on the house shows and uh, and on the Cindy's and maybe even a Saturday night's main event um, if Superstar was up to it, which he clearly was not. Dave? Uh, I'm going to go on the limb here. I spoke about this a little bit earlier when we are covering the show. But I'm going to go on the limb here, and I say, if you're saying Superstar's healthy, everything's fine with him, I think this could be a WrestleMania main event or a big pay-per-view, a big night, because okay. Hogan is hugely influenced by Superstar Billy Graham, and people used to tell me that, older people, when I was a kid. Oh, you like this guy, but, you know, older ki- not old, you know, older kids. So is that the way you think they go? Like, oh, you stole my shit kind of a thing? Yeah, yeah. something like that. I and was I you before was- you were you, and... Yeah, and you can even have Jesse mixed in, stir it up like he did with Andre, because right. Jesse's another one. The and he's three great of them, at that. Hogan, Ventura, and Graham. I mean, if for some reason they brought Superstar back in in September 86, then he had to go right out for that hip surgery and didn't come back for almost a year later. That might have been a you know, possibility if Andre couldn't couldn't go for that big WrestleMania three match with the timing. I, you, I know that went through Vince McMahon's head. Hogan and Superstar, a big, a big showdown, a big turn. One one thing that just never came to fruition, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that that's a big yes for me. Uh, that would have been really cool. And then part three here is there a more coveted image in history than a real picture of Dolly's gimmick? So Dave, let's put it this way: Who are your top three non-photographed gimmicks that you'd like to see maybe come to light next right, year, and they could be in their prime? Number one is Jessica Simpson. Okay, from like say two thousand, whatever okay. <laughs> anything works. Any, any yeah, day. okay, uh, two thousand five, uh, maybe. Okay. Um, oh, this young lady is is deceased. Oh well, she, no, you know it's uh, yeah. Kelly Preston. Okay, rest in peace. Uh, that's like a good I one. said, I was I, I just watched Twins last night when you know when I was sick. Amazing. Movie. Uh, speaking of speaking of Twins, there you go. It works. Yeah. And uh, number three for the boobs. Uh, yeah, Pam's aren't real, right? Uh, um. 
I guess, well, I'm probably not thinking of somebody, but I might as well throw in Dolly Parton. That's an impersonator on the Slammys, by the way. Anyway, it's not really her. <laughs> yeah. Paul, what <laughs> do you got? He, I don't know if he knows that or not. Paul, what do you want to say, baby? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, of course. <laughs> That's funny. Right. Okay. Definitely Hulk's, not, Bar- not Terry's, because Terry's probably not as good as Hulk's. <laughs> you got to speak in your microphone. No one can hear you. Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and Ricky. And Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat. Okay. And also, my second favorite is, but this is my last favorite. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw Miss Elizabeth out there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think that's one I never got to see that I would have liked to. Um, George the Animal Steel. <laughs> George the Animal Steel. Dolly Parton's a great one. I'll put her in the top three. Parton, Steel. What about Britney Spears? Yeah, I screwed up, and though. And Ricky uh, Steamboat, too. I'm sorry, I missed part of the question because we have seen Kelly Preston numerous times. Oh yeah, yeah. These we'll are ones that are un, uh, unseen. Unseen. I have to think about it a little more, but yeah, the Jessica right. Simpsons, Jessica Simpson, Jessica Simpson, Jessica Simpson. Let's leave it right there. All right, thank you, Lucas. <laughs> Dave, you got uh, another text, right? Another one. Uh, the great Chet, my road warrior partner. We go up and down the road, so all our wrestling events together. Great man, great friend, one of my all-time best friends. Uh, Chet has a simple question that I love. Where was Andre at the Slammies? All right, Chet. Oh, like I said earlier, um, the WWF, after this show, went on Christmas vacation all the way till December 26th. And this, this show was taped on December 16th. Now, Andre was on the road in the corner of Ted DiBiase on the house shows at this time. So you would expect him to be there. However, uh, this is just an assumption on my part. Just, just an assumption. Uh, they probably didn't want to have Andre sit out in the crowd with all the wrestlers for numerous reasons. He would have had to come through the crowd like Hulk did. And maybe just timing, there was, you know, not a, they didn't really need him there. And he probably he didn't like some of that silly stuff. Like, I know he didn't even, he didn't want to be on Brother Love. Like, Bruce Pritchard had to say, you like me, Bruce Pritchard, do it, please, can you please do it as a favor for me? Right. So finally he yep. did it and got into it. So they probably just sent him home early for the vacation like oh you don't need to you know we, we could we don't need need you for this so we're not going to put you through this hell sitting in the crowd and all that kind of stuff but that's a great question because andre was one of the few guys that uh are missing here as well as every steamboat your guess is as good as mine dave and i like that answer so i'm gonna go with that thank you paul you said you got one baby yeah all right we talking to your microphone um I... who's it from gregory Okay, from Gregory. What's Gregory wondering this week? He said... We can't hear you unless you're talking into your microphone. He said, why did... Why is Hulk Hogan didn't give it to Hillbilly Jim because he gives him the boots? And I don't know a lot about wrestling, so I have any idea of... Okay, so I think what you just said there is my, my nephew Gregory doesn't know as much about wrestling as Paula... And we do. But he does know that Hillbilly Jim got boots from the Hulkster. Yes. Why is that? And, um, you know, why is it, you know, of all the people in the world, Davis would be a good one for you to answer, I think. Why did Hulk pick Hillbilly uh, to give the boots to and not someone else, right? Is that what you, okay. what, what you wanted, Paula? Yep. Yep. Okay. We're going kayfabe here, brother. And, uh, yeah, uh, well, Hulk was training Hillbilly. Hillbilly came out of the crowd. And uh, at first... You know, the WWF cameras would see this big, huge hillbilly sitting in the crowd, you know, yelling at all the wrestlers and stuff. And then Roddy Piper was the first guy that wanted to train him. 
And Hillbilly said, oh, no, no, I'm not being trained by a dastardly heel bad guy like you. So Hulk Hogan, he wanted Hulk Hogan to train him. And Hulk Hogan did train him. And they have these really cool vignettes of them drinking uh, protein shakes together and lifting weights at the gym and all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, Hillbilly, because he is a hillbilly, right? He's, he doesn't have boots. He was, he was going to wrestle barefoot like Haystacks Calhoun did and all the other hillbillies in the past. But Hulk said, oh, no, no, nobody trained by the Hulkster is going to, you know, break an ankle in there. So here's these uh, new, freshly patent leather boots, like Gorilla Monsoon likes to remind us, all the way up until 1990, that Hillbilly <laughs> was given from the Hulkster. Very nicely done. Good to see you, Gregory. Thanks for the question. All Thanks, right. Gregory. Facebook, J. Arsidio D'Amato wants to know. The greatest. This is a question for all of us. What is your individual vote for Song of the Year? Now, he says that if you only knew was not nominated. I thought it was, but he could be right. Well, no, because uh, that was like the whole idea when they sing if you only knew. Like, who would get the award? Everybody would if it won. You know what I mean? Because everybody's in it. So it was like, I think, I think on Slammy-wise, it was the four songs that were performed that Okay, night. so the, the nominees are Stand Back, Pile Driver, Honky Tonk Man, or girls in cars, Dave. All right, man. Perform. This is the song, not performance. What right? is your vote for song of the year? I'm, I, I, I'm going stand back because of that performance. I can't. It's it's just it's unbelievable. If 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 I, you know, some people say the day they die, where would they? What would heaven be like for them? You know, some people say they might want to be on this beautiful tropical island. That's heaven. Or maybe, you know, a beach somewhere, an amusement park with all candy and happiness. My heaven for Hollywood Dave Rollins would be in Vince McMahon's place with those hot 80s dancers dancing around me. Me singing on the microphone with Hulk Hogan, the junkyard dog, and Macho Man playing saxophones and guitars behind me. So that's how much I love that. So stand back, brother. That's my answer. Honky Tonk Man is my answer. It's the best song of the four. And I'm voting for the song here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the best song. So I'm going Honky Tonk Man. Paula, what's your vote? Four choices. Stand Back, Power Driver, Honky Tonk Man, or Girls in Cars? Okay. I'm, I'm Nobody gonna, can hear you. You're not talking to the microphone. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... Stand Back. Stand Back. Because you know why? Why? Because Wolfie sends Deathmith and Stand Back is like the same. Oh, because of one of Wolfgang's songs yeah. from Mammoth WVH? Okay. Oh, they're cool. both they're at the same sink. Okay. Uh, well, the CD's right there. Why don't you grab it? I love it that a five-year-old knows that. Steve. Over That's there, amazing. honey. Over there, honey. No, over there. Other side. The CD's. Uh, Don't Look Back. Yeah. Was it Don't Look Back? No, that's not it. Grab the CD. Yeah, she's saying here, just to translate, that one of Wolf... Gang Van Halen song from his album Mammoth, Don't Back Down or You're to Blame or Don't Back Down. I think Don't Back Down is the one you're thinking of. Yeah. yeah, she was thinking Don't Back Down and Stand Back were similar, so that's why she votes for Stand Back. So two votes for Stand Back, uh, one for Honky Tonk Man, and then J.R. Sinio D'Amato voted for Girls in Cars. No votes for Pile Driver, which I think we can all agree is a distant fourth. Yeah, you know that's that's the lead single. You yeah, know what I, I know. Mean? It kind of kind of got swept behind there, swept under the rug. Now, there I will by, say uh, though, if I could have voted for it, I definitely would have voted for "If You Only Knew." So, just for the record, 
It's a good one. Just like uh, Land of a Thousand Dances from the first album. It was a really cool Except one. for it's much, if you only knew, it's by far the best one. I like it better, too. All right, Dave, you got another text? Uh, yeah, I do have another one here. It's a little long from our dear, close, personal, longtime friend, Kevin Hogan, and great listener. Kevin Hogan, I'm going to read your whole question for your brother because we love you. Here he goes. Last episode, you guys discussed wrestlers that you thought they could have done more with, specifically Leaping Lanny Poffo. I was wondering what your thoughts on the Brooklyn Brawler was. I know that you're going to say that he did have a push, and that was placed with Bobby the Brain Heenan. But I feel they could have done more with him. What are your thoughts? Am I the am I onto something, or did the Brooklyn Brawler thing just run its course? Are my thoughts are my thoughts that they could have done more with him just nostalgia based? It's Kevin Hogan, okay, uh, nostalgia based perhaps, but they did do a little more with him. He was Kimchi, uh, Kamala's handler. He also they repackaged him as Abe Knuckleball Swartz when uh, Major League Baseball went on strike. Didn't get much TV time, but uh, he was in a couple of battle royals and he was he was striking in the crowd. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's uh, for for the time he's a little on the small side. Very good hand. I I just think he was perfect at what they used him at. I mean, you have to have somebody in that role. And no, so uh, my answer is no. I don't think he could should have or could have got more of a push. I think it was just perfect the way he was always used. Steve? Yeah, I think that there's a little bit of a mystique there in terms of being a jobber, you know, and the more you push him, the less he fits into his role as the jobber. Correct. Right? I mean, the reason it worked that one time is because it's like this guy was finally getting a look. The jobber finally was in something. You know, I don't. I think that's one of those things you can only go to that well once. You know, and I just think that the mystique is built right. on the fact that he's a nobody. So if you make him a somebody, he's not a nobody anymore, if that makes sense. Right. And that's where his appeal was, you know, and that's why it was interesting. So Yeah, people still talk a lot about him today yeah. as, as we're getting this question. And that's why. Right, Steve. Yeah, that's why. So You hit the nail on the head there. All right. Um, all right. We got one more on Facebook. Uh, and it's a good one. Okay. And you it's it? from Michael Dedamos. Dedamos. Okay. Excuse me, Michael. Out in Wisconsin. One year in, what have you learned from doing this podcast? Wow. Wow. Well, I know for me, one thing I learned is that having a partner can be challenging, but it can also be rewarding. You know, I do my other podcast. I do it by myself. Um, So I've had to learn to listen to other people's ideas. Uh, On the other show, I get to. Anything I want to do, I do it. I don't have to ask anyone. I don't have to check with anyone. It's totally my show. But when you're working right. with a partner, you know that that's not cool. That's not the way to be. You know, so you got to learn. I've had to learn, and sometimes I failed. Sometimes I've been great at it. You know, sometimes in the middle. Um, that you got to hear the other person, hear the other person out, and 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 follow their lead because it's it's a team. And this show is no good without both of you. Um, you know, Paula and Dave. So I can't be the guy I am on sportscasters here because this is about a three-person team. So that's what I've learned the most, I think, in the first year. I'm with you. Yeah, we- Paul, what did you learn this year, baby? Um, I learned that if most wonderful, can I say about Christmas and about Yeah, well, one thing you haven't learned somehow is to speak into the mic, but okay. speak into the mic and tell us what you've learned. I learned that from, from Christmas that it's only you can only, it's better to be with your family and friends. Okay. Oh, absolutely. All right. That's a great message there, Paul. What about you, Dave? Love it. 
Okay, well, Paul, you got something else? No. No? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, thanks for the question, uh, Mike. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you listening. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a freshman in this. I'm brand new to the game. One year in, I've always had a partner. I've never done a podcast by myself. So this is the only way I know it. But one thing I learned, uh, just two things I'm going to say. The first thing is to always listen when your partner is talking. Because sometimes when this first started, Steve, who is my partner, would be saying something. Sometimes if it's long before I speak, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next and not listening to Steve. That's not the way to do it. I learned I got to listen to everything my partner's saying, even if it really has nothing to do with with what I'm going to say next, because you never know what you're going to miss. And that could just throw off the whole communication thrown off. Then if he said, I mean, of course, it's still going to happen every once in a while because we're human. Mm. But I mean, it was happening a lot. And that's something I had to work on. And I fixed to listen to everything, especially in the, you know, try that in the news. Some of that stuff I don't know about. But for me to react to it, I have to listen to it. So that, that's a big part I, I, I learned and not thinking ahead, anxious, what I'm going to say. And another big part is this that I learned, uh, how easy it is on a podcast to misspeak. Say the wrong thing, even though you know the right thing, like the wrong wrestler's name. I catch it all the time, man. Yeah. I'll be listening I mean, back to a podcast and I'll call something Columbia when I meant to say Haiti. Yeah. You know, I just do it all the time. Yeah. It's, I used to hear like other podcasts do it and be like, oh my God, how, how is this person saying this? It, you know, now I'm doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Easy to do. It's, but having a partner, once you're done speaking, Steve could jump in and say, Dave, you didn't mean Adonis then, you meant Hillbilly. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. So that's a good thing about having a partner and it's a good thing to listen. Because if you're not listening to your partner when they're talking, you're not going to be able to correct their mis- misspoke, misspeaking. So those those are the two two big things for me. Awesome, that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Thank Michael. You. Appreciate that. All right, Dave. What else we got text wise? Anything? Uh, I think we've done it, man. We got Tim's in. We got Tim's Kevin, in. and we got Chester. Chester. Zikowitz. All right, great. All right, very last one then. This is from Matilda. Uh, Paul is elf on the shelf. Emails us. Matilda, the Italian elf. Matilda at northpole.com It came from. It says, Paula, you might want to pay attention to this. It says, Dear Paula, Dave, and Steve, I just wanted you guys to know that the 24-inch podcast is a favorite podcast of all the elves in the North Pole. We've listened to every episode not once but twice. Wow. The big guy Santa listens once in a while on the sleigh, too. (laughs) So keep the episodes coming. We got a question in the shop, though. The elf shop. The elf in a shelf shop where I spend a lot of my time. And the question's for Paula. We're thinking about bringing the LJN series back to stores next year. Oh, that's a dream for me. Which five wrestlers should we make new LJN figures for? I know. Love you. Behave. I'm watching right. Matilda. I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. All right. Okay. So Matilda says that they might bring back the LJNs. Remember, those are the big ones that we got. So you got you know what five wrestlers do you want a new LJN for? Okay. All right. I maybe want a new LJN Hulk Hogan the big guy. Okay, a new Hulk, given. Um, uh. Ricky, Ricky. A new Steamboat. Okay. And. Uh, Make sure you're speaking right into that mic. Uh, um, That's two. You want to think for a minute? Yeah. Okay, Dave. You here. I'll give mine. I know mine. Okay, Hulk for sure. Just gotta have a Hulk. 
He's the brand ambassador. Let's see a new Hulk. See what it might look like. Uh, number two, I agree with Steamboat. I never liked his with the black pants. I'd really like one with red pants. That uh, they're supposed to do that way. Yeah, so I would definitely say Steamboat for sure. Um, his could be updated. Um, I want a gorilla and a Bobby. Um, Excellent. There was a Jesse. There's a Bobby. There's is no there gorilla. a Bobby? Okay. I want a gorilla. Was there a Vince? Mm-hmm. Okay. And there was a Gene, I know. Mm-hmm. So how about give me a gorilla and give me a Sean Mooney or someone else. Wow. Like, you know, a second. That's screaming peg warmer, brother. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want, I want a second uh, off non-wrestler. I can't think of the exact guy. Someone like that. Uh, Craig DeGeorge or Sean Mooney or, you know, just someone else that is an interviewer. And I want Gorilla for sure. Okay. What, Paul? And the Jordano. They had a George. Yeah, but I think I know the But you want a new George? Okay, so that would be three for you. Elizabeth, okay. Because, and they, I don't think they did, um, you know, the, there's, a, there's an Elizabeth, the, the, an updated the, one would be cool. The Goonies song? The Goonies. Oh, Cindy Lauper? Yeah. Cindy Lauper, Oh, Cindy wow. Lauper, that's a really good idea. Okay, well, all right, so Paul's list is Elizabeth, Lauper, Hogan, Steamboat, and Steel. My my list is Hogan, Steamboat, Gorilla. I'm gonna stick with Sean Mooney, or no, you know what? I'll go to Lord Lord Alfred Hayes. Uh, like that, yeah, that one should have been me. Yeah, Lord Alfred Hayes. That's the name I was looking for there. And then for my fifth one, why don't you give me a really good, really well done? I got a few guys in mind. Who am I going to pick for the last spot? I only got one spot left. I got like four guys I'm debating between, but I'll go with Leap and Lanny. Should have been made as well. Yep, so Leap and Lanny. So there's my five. Dave, what do you got? Okay, I'm going to put a little bit of a different twist on this because as you guys know, I'm a, I'm a huge LJN. Yeah, Clark this is Dave's wheelhouse about here. It. Yep. Yeah, this is my wheelhouse. Okay, everybody knows that the, the last set in 89 was supposed to have a second wave. I'm not going to put – that didn't come out, so I'm not going to say – I'll say those guys, but I'm not going to pick those guys. That's a little boring. Okay. Those guys are Demolition Smash, Brother Love, The Barbarian, and The Bushwhackers. They were supposed to come out. Their, their pictures were on the back of the card, et cetera, et cetera. It never happened. Those were supposed to come out, so I'll leave them out. My pick would be what would be next after that. Who would have been coming next pretty much? And some good names here. The num- my number one pick is Mr. Perfect. Good one. And an awesome LJN. Yep. Dino Bravo should have been made. Okay. The Rockers are next, Sean and Marty. Love that it. would have been a big seller. The kids yep. would have loved it. Yeah. And the American Dream, baby, Dusty Rhodes. That was one of the ones I was debating. That was one of the ones I was debating. He would have been coming soon if it kept going. Awesome. Great question, Matilda. Love it. Thank you. Good to hear everyone in the North Pole listening. And, of course, Matilda was named after. Paula, tell everyone how you got Matilda's name. Because the movie Matilda. And what? <laughs> and because the Matilda's a dog. 
Thank you. Matilda the dog. Exactly. Hey, Paula, they could have made it Matilda the dog with the British Bulldogs. They could have came in a pack with That's them, my but it didn't. That, that would have been cool. One I'm about to say too. Yeah. All right. So Jake, Jake the Snake came with Damien, and Coco came with Frankie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like it. Good. Good call there. Matilda yeah. the dog. That would have been a huge seller if the Bulldogs came with a dog. Yeah. That would have been huge. And that would have been big money now, too, because you know no one would have had that dog. They lost. Yeah, yeah. I don't have my Frankie anymore. Yeah. It's lost. Uh, all right. With that said, we got one show left, and it's going to be next week. Quick turnaround. Dave and I are going to do, and Paula, uh, No Holds Barred, the match and the movie. We kind of talked about it last week. Another fun one. Yep. And then that's it for season one. We'll take a break, and we'll be back in mid-January to start season two. And that one is going to be six. Yeah. And it's going to be a whole nother Paula. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, new 2022 imp- Paula. New and improved Paula. All right. So with that said, there's only one last thing to ask, and that's that everyone out there say their prayers, eat their vitamins, and tell your friends about the 24-inch podcast. Happy birthday, 24-inch podcast. Ho, brother. ho, ho. 